Pastor said, um, he told me he was looking for a speaker for this topic. And he told me they postponed the topic for a week or two because they were looking for an expert. I <laughs> <laughs> told me, Ernest, we finally found you. <laughs> so I was like, okay, so I am an expert in this topic. And um, I'll speak from my heart. I'll speak from the scriptures. And I pray that you listen. I pray that you'll humble yourselves. I pray that you'll not put up a wall when the word of God comes forth. And I pray that you'll have the humility. If this touches you to your heart to come and just say, Lord, change me today. Let me go home different. Today could be the first day of the rest of your life. Let that be today. Amen. Amen. My name is Ernest Wamboy, as you've heard. I've been married to be six years this year on the 1st of September. Uh, I've been married to my lovely wife, Waturi. Uh, I, was meant to, I was actually on my way to pick her to come here, but then she said that she had not spent some time with our baby for quite some time, so she asked me to release her. So release her, I did. But she sent her regards. Do you accept them? She's the most beautiful woman alive. It's, it's not a debate. It's just a fact. The sky is blue. She's the most beautiful woman alive. I like to say, if beauty was measured in bricks, my wife would be the Great Wall of China. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my line, huh? Yoni line yangu. And uh, we have one daughter by the name of Tandiwe. Tandiwe means loved one. It's a South African horse name, Wakanda forever. And uh, we also have a um, baby on the way. Uh, we don't know if it's a boy or a girl. We'll find out next week or so. Uh, but we thank God for the gift of children. The Bible says children are a gift from God. You know, blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. So we, we thank God. Uh, it's not a right to have children. Uh, so when they come, you do thank God. You know, a family is still complete even without the children. But when they do come, you thank God for them. Amen? Amen. And um, what do I do? I run a pornography addiction recovery program for men specifically. Uh, it's a men's program called Powerhouse. We run it for eight weeks. We seek to empower men, bring them to, under, to an under, understanding of the gospel and help them live their lives purely. We say express their sexuality purely, love their women passionately and live their lives purposefully to the glory of God. Amen. And so um, I'm going to say this. The struggle is real. The struggle is real. Um, I grew up thinking that I'm a very good person. I grew up, uh, I'm the son of an Anglican vicar. My mom is an Anglican vicar. I went to church, participated in church activity, never missed a church service. Um, and I was the kind of person, if you asked me, honest, do you have a relationship with God? I would tell you, <laughs> I'm the pastor's kid. Of course I have a relationship with God. And uh, I was so confident that if God would look down and say, or if you'd ask the Lord, God, who are your favorite children of, on, on earth? You know, he would say, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Ernest. <laughs> I mean, I thought, God, are you looking for someone to just demonstrate your goodness and your glory? I'm like, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm, not, I, I'm here, Lord, you know? Until I had the gospel when I got to, the, to Form 1. And the gospel shattered me. The gospel changed me. The gospel made me realize that I was not who I thought I was. The gospel broke me. The gospel made me think, made me understand that I was far away from God. I was so far from God, further than I could ever imagine. And that if God was to come back today and come for his children, I would not be part of his children. The gospel changed me. What is the gospel? I'm going to share the gospel as we go on. Because the gospel is necessary when you talk about subjects like this. Whenever you talk about sin, you can't avoid the gospel. You can't avoid it. And so I'm going to show you how the gospel changed me. And so I came to an understanding that I've fallen short of God's glory, that all my goodness cannot earn God's love. I used to think that if I pile all these moral good deeds, maybe God one day will look, take a snapshot and say, wow, check that out, check that out, that's my kid. And then Isaiah 64, 6 comes and tells me all my good deeds are but filthy rags. And I'm like, what? You're trying to tell me all that I've worked for since I was a kid up to now, it amounts to nothing? And God was like, yeah, and it amounts to nothing. You and the prostitute are on the same level. You need to all start at the same time. And I'm like, God, that's not fair. That, that's the prostitute. This is me. I, I must have some kind of advantage. And he told me, Ernest, in my kingdom, you, you don't have a pedigree. You don't have an advantage. You all start at ground level. Wow. 
And you see, the woman at the well got it in John chapter 4. Nicodemus did get it in John chapter 3. And Jesus said, Nicodemus, Pharisee, woman at the well, you're all at the same level. But whoever starts the race by believing in me gets the head start. And so I was humbled. I got born again. And for the very first time, I started to understand that I need a savior. I need a savior. I need a savior badly. I needed a savior. Even when I didn't think I need a savior, God knew that I needed one. And he came and died for me. And when I got born again in high school, I faced my very first temptation, very first sexual temptation. I went for a school trip. And in this school trip, we went to Tanzania. And in that school trip, we stopped by Arusha because we are going to Dar es Salaam. And when we stopped at Tanzania, at, at Arusha, our teacher went to sleep. And when we went to sleep, guys were like, hey, Modi Amelala, Modi Amelala. Ebu, let's go out clubbing. Let's go out raving. And since I'd gotten born again that year, there was a difference in my life because now the Holy Spirit was living inside of me. And he told me, Ernest, you can't do that. You, you, you stay in the hotel. And there were four of us in a room. My friend Archie... And I and two other guys, there two went out. Archie and I remained behind. And they went out clubbing. And when they went out clubbing, uh, they were told to be back by 3 o'clock because the bus leaves at 4. And so we went to sleep, and my friend wakes me up at 2 a.m. saying, Ernest, Amka, there's someone in the room. And when I wake up, I see my friends drunk, and I'm like, yeah, there's four of us in the room. Two of us are sober, two of us are drunk. And they're like, no, Ernest, there's a fifth person in the room. And I sit up, and right across the bed, I see a prostitute. How do I know she was one? Well, she was dressed economically, for lack of a better term. <laughs> and secondly, she admitted it. And she says, Nataka mume wangu, wapi mume wangu, nipatieni mume wangu, sasa hivi. Now, at that very moment, I started to feel something in my body that I never felt before. 15 years old, and I'm looking at this woman, and I've got this strong sexual urge inside of me, and I just want to... Mm, but I'm thinking, no, I can't do that, man. Honest, you're, you're, she, yeah, she's, she's, she, whoa, honest, stay away, you know. And, and I'm feeling this strong urge, you know. And I'm thinking, what is this? What is this, you know? I mean, I know there's such a thing as sexual temptation, but I've never felt it this strong before. And this woman starts insisting on her husband, and we try to get her out, and she says, if you don't give me my husband, I'll scream. And so we tell her, um, your husband is not here. And my friend realizes she didn't have shoes. So we ask her, where are your shoes? And she goes like, I don't know reception. So she goes like, uh, we go like, go look for your shoes. She's like, I'm not leaving here until you give me my husband. And so we think if this woman screams and the management comes and finds a prostitute in a room with 15-year-old boys and two of whom are drunk, I don't know how you're going to explain that. You know, mom, mom, I can explain why there's a prostitute in my room. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to go down. So my friend comes up with this bright idea. Honest, if we get her her shoes, we put her shoes outside, we push her out. And when we push her out, you know what? We'll have solved the problem. So my friend says, Honest, I'll go get the shoes. You stay here and watch over her. Bad idea. And so he goes out to look for the shoes. He leaves me in this room with this prostitute. And this woman is staring at me. You know, I mean, I'm looking at this, but you know that feeling when someone is looking at you? You know, you can just feel like... You know, and she's looking, and she, she's staring at me, and she tells me, haraka, haraka, kabla kwa kuje. Quickly, quickly, before your friend is back. And I move to the other side, because there's, the, there's this overwhelming sexual passion that I'm feeling, and I'm thinking, yes, honest, you know, you, you, you're in Arusha, nobody will know. Nobody will know. Your friends are drunk. They won't be up. You know? And, and it's just, Nike, just do it. But there's, there's a voice in me that's telling me, honest, no, 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 no. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Honest, you've been set apart. When you stand and you say, Lord, set me apart, you're asking me to live a different life. And Lord, I can't do that. And so there's this war inside of me that I'm feeling. And I'm thinking, which one should I listen to? And the woman comes and sits next to me and she begins to stroke my face and she begins to touch me and tells me, quickly, haraka, your friend will be back. And I'm thinking, my goodness, if I can just, just one moment, God, I mean, God not to understand, Mazeilev. <laughs> the struggle is real. The struggle is real. And I resisted this woman. I kept resisting. And my friend came just in time with the white shoes and he says, Anis, I found her shoes. And I kept thinking... Thank you. If you came five minutes later, I don't know what I would have done. Because the woman kept saying, oh, if you're a virgin, don't worry, I'll teach you. Don't worry. Now, 
A situation like that may be familiar to many of you. Maybe, maybe you say, I've been in such a situation, but guess what? No friend walked in with some shoes. I fell. You say, honest with for me, it was the other way around. I was the tempter, not the temptee. And this is the reality. We live in a sexually saturated world. At the age of 15, I had the very first desire to have sex outside of marriage. And when that woman left, that curiosity was in my mind. I kept thinking, what next? After this awesome feeling, what next? And I was always tempted to find out what next. Now, I fooled around with that thought for such a long time. And it, it, it didn't manifest in anything. I was able to stay away from all the traps of the enemy until I got to campus when I got freedom and then I realized that the reason I stood in high school was because there were rules and regulations when I got to campus I had the fastest of freedom and I masturbated for the very first time and when I masturbated I remember sitting in the shower and, and tell myself okay Ernest what have you just done and there's a tinge of guilt inside of me telling me, Anis, don't do that again. But there's another side of me telling me, Anis, do that again. The next time. The struggle is real. I may be here and you're saying, Anis, that's, that's, that's me. I was in high school, it started off, and now, Anis, it can't stop. Because guess what? I thought that would be the first and last time. It wasn't. It went on and on and on and on. And this is the irony. I was born again. I got to points where I doubted my salvation. I said, you know, maybe I've lost my salvation. Maybe it slipped somewhere and I couldn't find it. I, I don't know. Maybe I, 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 I don't think I'm born again. And I said, if the Lord came down, if the heavens parted and the Son of Man descended on the clouds and found me with my hand in my trouser, what would I say to him? God is not what it looks like. <laughs> And this is the irony of it, that I was serving in church. I was in the, I was in the praise and worship team. I, I could lead songs, I could lead songs, and I'd see people cry. And, 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 and at some point, that gave me some satisfaction. Because I thought, if people cry when I lead worship, then maybe this scene is not so bad. <laughs> if, 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 if people are blessed by my service in church, then maybe this thing is not so bad. Maybe it's okay. Maybe it's just, you know, God, maybe we're just exaggerating this thing. After all, I've not had sex outside of marriage. I've just masturbated. And I got to a point where the Lord was telling me, Ernest, you need to expose this sin. You need to confess your sin. James 5, 16, one, expo confess your sin one to another. Confess your sin one to another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You need to confess this sin. I told the Lord, Lord, let me just confess to you. I'm struggling. He's like, no, no, confess one to another, Ernest. That, that's that's your, your, your Christian friends. I said, confess to them what? That I'm struggling with <laughs> masturbation and now it was leading to a porn addiction because now I'd get onto YouTube and want to see a few lewd images here and there. And what made it worse is my entertainment. I got to a point where now my entertainment was now growing more perverse and perverse. I, I, when, I was a, when I was a kid in the 90s, I would watch a movie and the movies would go like this. You'd see a man and a woman in a restaurant. The woman would stare at the man's face in his eyes and the man would stare right back and the woman would do this to her hair and she'd look down and the man would stare back passionately and then the screen would go black and then the next scene you see the man dressing up and the woman putting on her shoes and you knew what happened. I, you knew. But movie producers nowadays just feel like they need to give us all the sordid details. Like, I'm Jewy. I'm Jewy. I'm Jewy. But then, you are not there. Let me show you how it happened. And so I found myself gravitated to that kind of entertainment. I felt like, ah, oh, no, no, I'm an adult. Nick, I have an ID. I, I can watch this. And it got worse and worse. And the Lord tell me, confess your sin. I'm saying, Lord, I can't confess. I am the pastor's kid. I can't confess, Lord. You know what? People look up to me. I was the guy. I, I, I am a navigator by trading. I, I have my scripture memorized. <laughs> I, I, I have chapters memorized in, in this head of mine. I, I quote them when I am bored. I, 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 I know the scriptures. I, I, you know, I, I could quote for you 2 Timothy, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God who my servants, my forefathers, the clear question. I don't have the time to finish it. This is what I'm trying to tell you. I, I, I know them. But guys, that did not make a difference. I was still struggling. 
that you can you, you can have the form of godliness, you can appear righteous, you can look right, but you're struggling. And the Lord told me, honest, that scripture memory means nothing if you don't apply it. And that praise and worship means nothing if you don't mean it. You know, I look at, at, at how the kings were described in the book of Chronicles, and it talks about some kings, like, is this Second Chronicles 25 verse 2? I can't remember which king. It says, he did what the Lord wanted, but not with his heart. And like, Lord, I, I did what you wanted. I led the worship, but my heart was not there. And it's very possible to actually even come to the experience and to come religiously and to shake people's hands and to say, hi, greet your neighbor, amen. You know the cues, you know the cues, but you're struggling in silence. And that was me. The Lord told me, honest, you must confront the struggle. You must confront the struggle. And I said, fine, Lord, I'll confront the struggle. What do you want me to do? He told me, honest, you need to ask yourself, why don't you trust me? Like, what do you mean, Lord, I trust you? You are God over my academics. You are God over my health. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are the healer. You are my provider. Jehovah Jireh. Come on now. I know who you are. I trust you. Like, okay, God, Anes, am I God over your sexuality? I've got that area covered. <laughs> I kind of have that area covered, you know? So um, you, you, you deal with that area. I'll deal with this area. Said, Anes, you don't look like you're doing too well. And I'm like, maybe you just need to give me some time, you know? Why didn't I trust God in the area of my sexuality? I, I believe those are God in every area of my life except my sexuality. I, I, I was a sexual atheist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and the Lord told me, and Lord told me Anes, I, you, you, you don't fail to trust me because you don't believe the promises that are in the scriptures per se, but it's because you've bought the deception of the world. I said, Anes, when the deception of the world comes in, you can't believe in me. Or you can't trust in me. And so I said, Lord, what do you mean? He said, and it's, look at your entertainment. What's your entertainment telling you? Your entertainment is telling you that for a woman to be beautiful, she has to be worthy of sexual love. She has to be of this sexual pedigree in your eyes. She has to be astounding. She has to have this makeup foundation, first floor, second floor, all that. And, you know, she, this unbelievable hair. She has to, I mean, she has to look all this. And, and honest, that's what you want. That's what you want. And honest, that's the reason you're putting all this pressure on your girlfriend. Because now you agree at the beginning that you're waiting for sex until marriage. But now it's difficult. And now you're telling us you, she will get married anyway. <laughs> and now since she's a righteous woman and she can't do that, guess what? You masturbate. Day and night. You masturbate. Said, Anis, you, you've believed the lie of the enemy. And the Lord, and, and, and the Lord told me, Anis, it's in your entertainment. What are you watching? What are you watching? He said, Lord, it's... it's it's just two seconds. It's just five seconds. Look, okay, honest. Um, I want you to watch things that don't even have one second. Look, what do you mean? I mean Ephesians five three. Honest, quote it. But among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality, of any kind of impurity or of greed, because they're improper for God's holy people. Not a hint, honest. I don't want a hint of sin in your movies. I'm like God. Then what will I watch? <laughs> like I don't know, honest. Watch your weight for all I care. Watch anything. You need to understand to follow me. You need to be able to live a life that is set apart. People may look at you and say, you're weird. But you're walking in holiness. And, and they told God, God, I'm not, willing, I'm not sure I'm willing to pay that price. I'm not sure I'm willing to look like the weird kid. I'm supposed to look like the cool kid, but yet I'm struggling in silence. And the Lord told me, honest, whoever must follow me must take up his cross daily. Daily. I told the Lord, okay, you want me to get rid of my entertainment? I'll get rid of it. And so I went and I deleted 25, close to 20, 25 GB of entertainment. And when I tell you when I deleted entertainment that was not glorifying God, you may be thinking, yeah, it was the, you know, the kind of entertainment like uh, Spartacus or those bad, you know, those horrible, pornographic, overtly lewd movies. No, let me tell you guys, it was the kind of entertainment that let me say this. The Lord asked me, honest, do you want a faithful wife? Do you want a good marriage? Do you want a pure life? I said, yes. Lord, that's what I want. Okay, honest, tell me this. Which idiot would plant mangoes in the planting season and then when the harvest season arrives, says, where are my oranges? 
I'm like, <laughs> yeah, God, which idiot? <laughs> Planting season, come on, let's plant the mangoes, have a season. Where are the oranges? I'm like, Lord, surely, which idiot would do that to me? And it's the same idiot who would watch Game of Thrones and expect a pure life. God, which, which, which idiot would really surely plant maize and then cry, cry, where are my beans? And it's the same idiot who would watch being Mary Jane and then, oh my goodness, why can't I live a pure life? You can't sow. You can't reap what you sow. You, what, you, what you don't sow. If you sow in the flesh, you reap in the flesh. Lord told me, honest, you are masturbating because you are feeding your flesh. And I challenge you, if you are struggling today, ask yourself, why, what, what you feed in the flesh? Ah, come on, Anas, you've been too uptight. It's, it's just entertainment. Well, the Bible tells me it's not just entertainment. The Bible tells me in Ephesians 6 that there's a spiritual war. The Bible tells me that there's more than this flesh. The Bible tells me that when I'm using my hand to masturbate, it's more than my body. The Bible tells me in 1 Thessalonians 5.23 that, that I'm made of three parts. I'm made of body, soul, and spirit. It's telling me that there's more than this physical life, that there's a soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions, and I can attest to that because I think, I choose, and I feel. But there's also my spirit. Now, my body can be seen and felt. My soul can be felt and not seen, but my spirit can neither be seen nor felt. But God is telling me, even though it can't be seen or felt, it's just as real as your body. And it's telling me, and there's a spiritual war going on right there, and you must understand that there are spiritual entities that are fighting you. And I told the Lord, fine, how do I get out? Honest, you need to die to the flesh. You need to get rid of the thing that you're feeding. Stop feeding the flesh. Now, I didn't understand that spiritual law until in my third year in campus when I went to sleep one night and the masturbation was chronic. And when I went to sleep, I felt someone walking in my room. I could hear footsteps. So I woke up because it was a bed sitter. You know, I thought someone on the corridor, you know, it was so small, you had to leave to change your mind. It was, you know. <laughs> it was. So I just saw bed sitter, okay, take a fresh and bed sitter on a chew two pk. I love when I go fresh. You know. And it it was small, so I can hear these footsteps, and I'm thinking, oh, someone on the corridor. But no, I can hear the footsteps in my room near the bathroom, and I'm thinking, what the heck is that? So I'm thinking, I left the room open, and my neighbors are playing some dirty trick on me. And so I wake up, I switch on the lights, and there's no one in the room. And I've not been so spooked in my life. And so I go back to bed, and I can feel the same footsteps. I can hear them, and there's this crazy fear that has overtaken me. I have got this deep fear that's just ravaging me, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, and I can feel this person standing over my bed looking at me. I, I can't tell you that I saw them. I didn't see them, but I could tell that they were looking down at me like this. And I was so scared, and I woke up and I slept with the lights on. And the next day, I felt the same person in my room looking at me. Now this time it was different. The guy got onto the bed. And I can feel the mattress go down, and I'm thinking. <laughs> now, I know this sounds crazy. And by the way, I thought I was going crazy. The next time it happened, I felt the guy choking me. I felt a weight on my chest. I felt like someone was seated on my chest, and he was heavy, a heavy weight. And I could feel them choking me, and I'm... And, and I'm trying to breathe. And I remember that moment, Joel 2.32, they that call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. And I cried, Lord Jesus. And that thing whew, left. And I'm like, what was that? And then I realized a trend. That that thing would always come into my room the nights I would masturbate. Every night I masturbated, every night I watched some funny entertainment, some porn, that thing would be in the room. And I began to see the trend. And I'm like, aha, there's, there's a trend here. And so I spoke to a friend of mine and told me, honest, um, I can't quote for you any scripture concerning that, but I think that's a demonic attack. And so what I did is that I took the, 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 the healing process seriously. I began, to, I began to take God more seriously. And so I said, I'll confess. 
I'll go to church, I'll confess, because if this thing is getting demonic, Lord, I'll, I'll definitely confess. I don't want to deal with no demons. <laughs> so I went to church and I said, Lord, I'm going to confess today. I sat in my Bible study group and they said, guys, pray for me. Pray for me because I'm struggling with prayer. <laughs> and my prayer life is just not working, guys. Just pray for me. And I went through a whole other week of demons. And I came back and like, okay, guys. <laughs> Woo! I... <laughs> Guys, I can't do this no more. I am struggling with porn and masturbation. It is crazy. I am struggling. Please pray for me. And the guys looked at me. And it was difficult because when you go to church and you confess such things, <laughs> you sit in a Bible study and the first person is confessing, saying, praise God, my brothers, you know, I've got a testimony. I woke up at three in the morning and I was just speaking in tongues and the Lord was just here. <laughs> I'm thinking, what? how do you confess there? <laughs> the next one goes like, praise God, my brothers. You know, the Lord woke me up and you know, I've just been doing my quiet time reading the book of Zephaniah. Who reads Zephaniah? <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time you read Zephaniah? <laughs> and so I tell these friends of mine and, and I'm thinking, these guys have got like huge testimonies, yeah? These guys have got like solid Heavyweight testimonies. And then I'm saying that, he, you know, we are, we are meant to be discussing, you know, the timelines of the rapture. We, we're, meant to be dis, we're meant to be discussing complementarianism versus egalitarianism. We need to be discussing the deep stuff. What are we discussing? Porn and masturbation? Come on. And so I say that and they looked at me. One of them put his hand on me and said, Ernest, me too. Now, <laughs> I looked at this heavyweight <laughs> and I said, Ah, Nilijua! <laughs> ah, thank God, thank God! Ah, hey, wow, hey, Ikitu! Hey, And then the other guy says, Ernest, me too. And I'm like, Atawewe, Wasefanae, Atawewe, ah. And I felt some sense of relief in me. I'm like, if these heavyweights can masturbate, my gosh. Surely God is good to me. I can. There is hope for me. You know those guys you look up to like if you, if you had that the, the rapture took place, you'd, you'd call them to find out if they're there. Like, where uko? Ah, okay, to ah. You know, so I'm like, okay, so. And the Lord told me, honest, just because you're many, you're not safe. You won't stand before God on that final day and say, Mungu, sisi kama watu wangwati, tumeamwatu na ingia. You won't. But I'll tell you this, guys. On a serious note, confession takes away half the trouble. Confession takes away half the trouble. Is any of you struggling here with masturbation? The Bible says, confess. I'll tell you this. When you confess a sexual struggle, sexual sin thrives in two environments. Read through all the scriptures. You find out two environments where sexual sin thrives. Anonymity and secrecy. What is anonymity? Anonymity is where you're not known. Right now, I'll say this to the men. If you look around our city, the enemy is constantly putting traps for men to fall. Right now, they've got all these massage parlors in town. I've got a friend of mine who um, told me, honest, his marriage is, he told me his marriage is failing. I told him, why? Like, I went to a massage parlor. I'm like, yeah, so? It's a massage parlor, you know? And I'm like, you got a massage? Like, no, honest, there's more to it than a massage. And he says he goes to a place where he's not known. He doesn't go to the massage parlor in the neighborhood. Sexual sin thrives in anonymity. Sexual sin thrives in secrecy. A place where you're not seen. A place where you don't want anybody to find out. Now this is what lust says. Lust says quickly before anyone sees. Love says, no, 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 wait. Wait for everyone to see. Love is patient. 
Lust says, I must have it now. Love says, no, we can have it later. Love is patient. And so when you confess, what you do is that you expose sexual sin to the light and secrecy and anonymity are no longer an option and you start to get your deliverance, you start to get your healing. This is the ethic of Christian sexuality. God created them male and female and he commanded them be fruitful and multiply. We, are clear, we clearly see in Genesis chapter 1 that sexual activity was made for two people, not one person. Two people in the context of a marriage union. He goes on to affirm. Proverbs 5 talks about the beauty of sexuality. He says, may you, it says, may you rejoice in the wife of your youth, a loving door, a graceful dear, may her breast satisfy you always. It's saying there's a, a time will come when you'll enjoy the breasts of your wife, guys. And it's a good thing. And the Bible says it's a good thing, it's not a bad thing. Yeah, that's in the Bible, Proverbs 5, 18 to 19. And they're not spiritual breasts. The Bible also says the ladies, because you may be thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, it, it just talks to men. No, no, no. Look at the Shulamite woman in, in Songs of Solomon chapter 1. She's going for her honeymoon. She's just come from, from Lebanon. She's going to Israel, and she's going for the seven-day honeymoon, and she's thinking about her marriage, and you think that the first thing that a woman who's getting married is thinking about is the dress, or the colors, or the deco, or the cake. What does she say in Songs of Solomon chapter 1 verse 2? Let him kiss with the kisses of his mouth, for his love is better than wine. She's looking forward to the sexual experience. And the Bible says it's a good thing. And so you must understand that God has good plans for your sexuality. Don't try and believe anything that the world says. And so I confess my sin. And guys, I urge you today, confess your sin. What do you need to do next? R. I'm going to give you an acronym. CRACK. C-R-A-C-K. C-R-A-C-K. CRACK. C-R-A-C. C-R-A-C-K. Yeah, that's correct. C is confess. R is repent. Repent means turn around. Repent means you're going in this direction. You stop and you turn in this direction. Now listen, this is where the gospel comes in. You can't repent if you're dead in your sins. Repentance is not an act of your own will. You don't master up repentance power and then do it. Repentance comes from the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you. If you don't have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, you have no will, no zeal, no desire to repent. <laughs> But if the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, he'll convict you of sin, righteousness, and judgment. He'll tell you, stop. He'll convict you of things that people may not even call overtly sin, but he knows that your relationship with him will be ruined. And so he tells you, stop. And guys, you must understand this, that Jesus Christ came on earth to save the souls of men. He came down on earth so that you and I could be saved. He came down and he gave us his Holy Spirit. If, everyone, if anyone believes in him, if anyone believes in him, he or she shall not perish but have eternal life. You can't repent if you don't believe the gospel. The gospel is at the heart of overcoming any sexual struggle that you're having. Repent. The Lord told me, turn around. And so I said, Lord, I'm agreeing with you. Repent means that I can't watch the things that my friends watch. Repent means that I can't dress the way that the world dresses. Ladies, come on now. My dress, my choice. No, maybe, maybe your dress, his choice. Because you see, if, if, if your dress is your choice, maybe, maybe you are Lord over your life. If your dress is his choice, then he is Lord over your life. And, and, and I know the feminist movement has gained popularity and they say, don't, don't, you're a man, don't tell us what to do. I mean, we, us men, not women, us men, <laughs> us men are called the bride of Christ. Do you see us throwing a tantrum? So what's the problem? Uh, God created things in order. Sindio. The next A, the next one A is avoid. Jesus said if your eye causes you to sin, cut it off. Now listen, if you're not born again, this will just seem like a list of rules to follow, to get out. And you'll go try. But if you're born again, you'll realize that this is saving grace. Avoid. Jesus said if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. If you're Phone causes you to sin. <laughs> okay, let's continue Jesus' illustration. If your, hand if, you, if your hand causes you to sin, chop it off. If your leg causes you to sin, chop it off. Then it gives a profound ending to that statement that just scares me, that you'd rather enter heaven maimed than to hell with your whole body. Just saying, get rid of that thing 
that holds you back, almost what the writer of the Hebrew says, that run the race and get rid of every weight that holds back, that holds you back, every sin that so easily entangles you. Many times masturbation is one of those kinds of sins that so easily entangles you and holds you back. It says, get rid of that weight. It's like, it's like do you guys know short put? You know, short put, uh, there are not many rules to short put. The rule is only this. Don't get past this point, throw the ball the farthest you can. Those are the only rules. I hear that there are no even regulations on what to dress. You can come in shorts, in trousers, sneakers, barefoot, as long as you throw that ball. But I'll tell you this, if you really want to win that game, would you come dressed in a suit for that game? No. You take off that suit. You'd put on some spandex. You'd get to that place and throw. You make sure that you're as light as possible. When I'm saying avoid, I'm saying find out the things that cause you to drag behind. Find out the things that are holding you back. And guys, for many of us here in the city, it's entertainment. It's entertainment. It's entertainment. Entertainment that does not please God. I have not watched a series since the year 2010. (laughs) Not because I'm righteous, because I know I'm sinful. Because I know what's in those series. I know that I can't miss a homosexual sin. I know that I can't miss a fornicating sin. And so I tell myself, Lord, I'm very categorical about my entertainment. I watch very specific things. And if you look at at, at what I watch, like, unless you watch almost nothing. And I've realized, yeah, but I've found that time to spend it with the Lord, get more intimate with him. Would you get rid of the thing that causes you to sin and forge forward? If your smartphone causes you to watch porn and masturbate, replace it with a kabambe. Replace with a mulikamwizi. Are we ready to be that radical? The next C, company. I remember in high school, it was the kind of place where guys would talk about masturbation. And the first time I was innocent, I didn't know they were talking. They had a code word for it. And so whenever they talk about it, guys would like, hey, laugh about it. And I realized that the more I hung out with those kind of friends, the more masturbation became an attractive thing, a thing to be laughed at. And so I realized that there's this kind of company that when a girl passes by, she walks by and you go like, hey, check out him. And then a company that goes like, yeah, um, treat younger women as sisters with absolute purity. <laughs> Even if she's dressed how, do not look at her. And I thought that the latter was a lie. But I realized that the Lord always has a remnant, and there's always two kinds of company. This company that does not honor the Lord. And the Lord says, honest, when you sit with your friends and a girl passes by and you check out how she's dressed and you laugh at her and you make comments and you think it's okay, what do you think that says concerning the state of your soul? And the Lord says, and in Psalm chapter 1, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly or stand in the path of sinners or sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. Proverbs thirteen twenty: whoever walks the wise shall become wise, but a companion of fools shall suffer harm. That your friends determine your struggle. If you have friends whom you go and tell them today, I am quitting porn, I am quitting masturbation, and they laugh at you, get rid of them. Have the kind of friends when you come and tell them, guys, I'm struggling with porn, I'm struggling with masturbation, they'll be like, come, let's pray with you, let's walk with you, let's keep it uh, between us, let's, let's be confidential, let's have, you know, that kind of environment. Let me tell you guys, by the way, when someone in this congregation or anyone else comes and tells you that they're struggling with porn or masturbation or fornication or whatever it is, their boyfriend, their girlfriend, they're sleeping around, one of the ways to really help that person is to keep it confidential and pray with them. Many a times, people cut their deliverance, cut short the process of their deliverance because it was leaked somewhere as a prayer request. I, I, I'm glad when I look back at my friends and I told them I'm struggling with porn, they kept it to themselves until the day I stood on a pulpit and I confessed. And guys were like, whoa. They were that honorable. Be honorable friends. And then K, the knowledge of the word of God. Psalm 119, verse 9 to 11. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. The word of God 
is an amazing thing. The Bible is not like any other book. Every other book can inform you, only the Bible can transform you. Look at the full arm of God. The full arm of God is described like this. It's, they, they use a, a, a Roman soldier's attire and they say there's the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of readiness to play the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, Ephesians 6. I want you to look at the full arm of God. Every part of the full arm of God is defensive except one. The belt is defensive, holds your pants up, right? Breastplate, defensive. Shoes, defensive. Protect your feet. Shield, defensive, ultra defensive. Helmet, defensive. But the sword of the spirit is offensive. If you don't take time to get to know the word of God, if you don't get time to know what true doctrine is and what false doctrine is, guys, you are a Christian, you are a soldier in the field without a weapon. You're constantly going to be playing defensive Christianity. You're never going to challenge the culture. The culture is going to constantly challenge you. And then it challenges you to a point that you can't challenge it. So what do you decide to do? Let's compromise so that we can coexist. <laughs> let's, let's, let's be the cool Christians. You know, we don't look like these Christians who are too uptight. Let's look like these Christians who are with it, you know? <laughs> we can club and we can go to the church. Because you don't have a sword in your hand. And so unknowingly to you, <laughs> and you must, the Bible says examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. Examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. But ultimately you must ask yourself, where's your weapon? That sword is the same sword that Jesus used when he was tempted. Worship me and I'll give you everything. Sword, the Lord says, it is written. It is written. It is written. It, Jesus used the sword. Do you have the sword of the spirit? I started following that pattern and I began to feel a change in my body. I realized that my relationships with even girls changed. There were girls that I would look forward to hugging because they come, full hugs, open, and I'd be like, oh, yes, Lord, let's go, man, let's go. You know? And I'm like, come on, give me that breastplate of righteousness. <laughs> and then I live there. And I live there, I'm constantly pocketing, and I know I'm pocketing, you know? When I get to my hostel, I masturbate. And, 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 and I got to a point, the Lord tell me, now, those are the friends to avoid, eh? Kwanzileo, nimkono. Shake your hand. Okay. So now, honest, cultivate a habit of knowing who I am. Spend time the scriptures. Now, honest, you need to walk with these friends of yours, meet them every week, and confess if you even masturbate once. Confess. I'm like, okay, Lord. Now, honest, you need to turn away, repent, and follow me, and let me be your joy. Because this is the thing. Many people who masturbate do it because they're looking for some, some sense of satisfaction, some sense of joy, you know? Life is so empty, so you masturbate to get that high. But Christ is telling you, that he is your satisfaction. He is your high. He's the most high. He is the king of kings. He's saying that come to him, not to get his things, come to him to get him. Come to him and find out that he's actually everything you've ever hoped for or imagined. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full to his wonderful face, and the things of this world will grow strangely dim. Strangely. Weird. That, that then... That, that didn't attract me anymore. <laughs> Weird. Strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. At the heart of masturbation, guys, is not just a struggle in your sexual organs. It's a struggle of joy. Christ is telling you, I want to be your joy. And when Christ had become my joy, when I began getting satisfied in him, and uh, John Pepper says, the more satisfied we are in God, the more glorified he is in us, you know? So God started getting glorified in me. And one night I had my deliverance. And I say this loosely because not everyone has their deliverance like this. Okay? When I say this, I'm not saying that you must go through this in order to be free. I'm just saying this is how it happened to me. God in his wisdom saw it fit for it to happen like this. I went with my girlfriend to see a friend of ours in Nakuru. And I was fighting this thing daily. I said, Lord, I've, I've, I've decided daily, daily, daily. I'm, I'm doing the crack. I'm cracking it. I'm cracking it. And I remember when we went to see my friend uh, with the parents and everyone went to sleep. And my, and my girlfriend and I were left alone, you know, watching some movie. And then I realized we were alone. And then, you know, I just put my hand like this. And she was like, Anis, what are you doing? I'm like, okay. So, so. 
And she told me, Ernest, when will this stop? Is this a guy's problem? Is this thing just, am I destined to live with this? When I marry you, should I be worried that when you're with other girls, you'll try? Ernest, I'm worried. And I remember it broke me. It broke me so much. And that day, that day, I, I, I just told the Lord, I'm done. I'm done, I'm done masturbating, I'm done. And I kid you not, true experience, ask my wife, she was there with me in Nakuru at Mudoni's house. Something hit me at the back. With a force I can't imagine, something hit me at the back and pushed me to the ground. And I thought that the cabinet behind me had fallen on me. So when I turned, I'm seeing the cabinet is still there. And I'm like, okay, what has fallen on me? Because I can still feel it on my back. I can feel it on my back. And I'm like, I'm trying to move and I can't move. And then I remember, I know this weight. I felt this weight before. This weight is very familiar. This is the same weight that I feel whenever I masturbate. At night, these are those shadow ninja demons that come on me and they are. <laughs> I, I know this thing. I, 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 it was so familiar. The fear, I mean, I knew the cycle. The intense fear, it came again. I'm like, I, I know this thing. I know this thing. And previously, what had happened that I didn't share with you guys is that before I started with the person walking in the room, standing on my bed, sitting on me, choking me. The next time it happened after I masturbated, the thing covered my mouth. And so when I tried to say Joel 2.32 again, they that call upon the name of the Lord and tried to say Jesus, that thing covered my mouth. And this time the same thing happened. I was down and the thing covered my mouth. And my girlfriend stood up. She was shocked. And she was like, Anes, what's wrong with you? And I'm, mm, 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 mm. And she's like, Anes, you're scaring me. What's going on? And I just said, pray. And Turi began praying. She began praying. She began praying. And she's crying. She's like, and it's still what's going on. Told, Just pray. And I'm struggling to speak. And the thing covers my mouth. And then I said, you know what, Lord Jesus? I may not have the ability to speak. I'm, I'm feeling mute. But I'll start saying it in my head. And I start saying in my head, Lord Jesus, help me. I'm done with this masturbation thing. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. And all of a sudden, I feel this thing moving up my body. Moving up my body. And I feel like it's coming out. And I feel like it's been struck. And I, I can feel like arms. It's crazy. I know it's crazy. Like arms holding my back and they are pulling at me. And I got loose and I could stand up. And I can feel like it's pulling at me, tugging at me, tugging at me. And I can feel like there's a vacuum sucking this thing up. And then all of a sudden, disappeared. And I feel light. And I feel peace, intense peace. And the fear goes in a snap. The fear goes and I could sense the Holy Spirit speak to me very clearly telling me, you're free. You're free. I cried. I cried. I cried. I cried. And I kept saying, I'm free. I'm free. And I was there and I was singing songs. I said, singing worship songs, hymns, what? And she was like, Anis, what's going on? She's so confused. And I'm thinking, uh, maybe this is not the right time to tell you that I've been struggling with porn and masturbation. But uh, yeah. yeah, so about that. <laughs> but I, I was free. And also, I went to sleep at midnight that day. Um, my friend Mudoni came to wake me up. I said, Ernest, you missed breakfast. I'm like, oh, that's okay. I'll, I'll just warm. He said, no, you don't understand. You missed breakfast. It's lunchtime. I'm like, how long have I been asleep? 12 hours. I woke up and I looked at this girl, Mudoni. I looked at my wife, Aturi, and for the very first time, I looked at a woman and I did not have the desire to sleep with her, to masturbate, to strip her in my mind. And I knew that something had changed last night. I went for Two weeks without masturbating, without watching porn. Three, three weeks, four weeks, one month, two months, three months, four months, a, a year. And I knew that I was truly free. What am I trying to say, guys? Your deliverance may not happen like that. Many times our deliverance may happen gradually or instantly, however it happens. But the thing is, today you must start. I want us to pray. But before I pray, I know there may be a few questions, one or two, and so I'll take them. But after that, I would like us to pray. And as we pray, I want you to just go before the Lord. You may be saying, honest, I don't necessarily struggle with masturbation. Well, that's fine, but I want you to search your heart. Search your heart. It may just be a thought that constantly plagues you, wicked thoughts. The kind of thoughts that if I said, if we could show your thoughts on that screen, you would run away. Even that, God requires absolute purity, and it's possible. You look at me here, I'm the chief of sinners. This is the chief of sinners speaking. You have nothing to be ashamed of. And I know 
when times like this you're told to confess such kind of sin, you quote your favorite Bible verse, Matthew 7, 1, do not judge. But listen, I'm the chief of sinners and God forgive the chief of sinners. If God forgive the chief of sinners, you're just the deputy. <laughs> You'll be forgiven. There's no shame before the Lord. He knows everything. Go before him and make that decision. Amen? Do you have any questions before you do that? Any questions? See, and it's the question that's burning. I need to ask. Yes, please ask. Sexual sin. Um, do not commit adultery. Now you may be saying, well, honest, I'm not committing adultery. <laughs> when the Ten Commandments are given to us, do not merely look at the example given, look at the heart of the command. When the Lord says, you shall have no other gods but me, we may easily think, oh, stay away from statues and don't bow down to statues. But the Lord is saying more than that. He's saying, stay away from anything that takes my place. So for today, that commandment of do not have any other gods is still relevant in as much as you don't have statues, but we've got other things that take the place of God that may not even be tangible. So in the commandment where it says, do not commit adultery, the heart of the command is be sexually pure. Live a sexually pure life. Absolute purity. Absolute purity. So that's the commandment you break. Yeah. Any other question? Can I ask for your friend? Yes. Good question. Masturbation in marriage. Um, I'll, I'll tell you this. Sexual activity is meant to be between a man and a woman. Okay? And so masturbation is often defined as self-pleasure. Okay? When you get into the context of marriage, and I'll tell you, if once you plan to get married, don't look for this book now. Only when you are a few, like two months to get married, look for a book by Tim and Beverly LaHaye called The Act of Marriage. And they talk about actually ways in which to pleasure your mate. And one of the ways to pleasure your mate is to touch them to, you know, in, a, in a sexual way in their sexual organs. And that is perfectly okay. Why? Because it is not self-pleasure. The Christian ethic is not just sexual, it's not just sexual activity between a man and a woman, but it is selfless sexual pleasure. That you don't get into a sexual into a sexual, you don't get into sexual activity just thinking of pleasure in self, you think of pleasure in the other person. And sociologists will tell you this, you do that in a marriage institution when you get into a sexual encounter and you start thinking, how can I pleasure my mate? You actually have better sex. <laughs> Women actually experience orgasm more when they think about their partner and their partners think about them. But when it's selfish, it's not as good. It's just a fact, okay? So, Masturbation, if it is self, it is on self, it is pleasure in self, don't. Because it is still selfish, it is focused on self, you must focus on the other person. Pleasure your mate, don't pleasure yourself. Yeah. yeah. Is that clear? Does it answer it? Okay. Yeah. Any other question? A female problem, huh? Um, I'll tell you this. Generally speaking, many people who masturbate, generally speaking, not all, Many people who masturbate do it after watching something pornographic, okay? I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. After watching something pornographic. Generally in the world, men watch more, pen, more, more porn than women, okay? Generally. Now, Pornhub released some results in the year 2017, that is last year, and they were showing the ratio of women to men in watching porn, okay? And in most countries, the number of men compared to women was astronomically high. In Kenya, the number of men to women was not too far. There were definitely more men, but the women were not too far behind. That's a research released by Pornhub that was showing that actually several Kenyan women watch porn. By default, after watching porn, they masturbate. Okay? They may not admit it, but it is a guarantee. You pour water here, this place gets wet. You watch porn, you masturbate. Okay? And so, without even without even leaving the continent, <laughs> without even leaving the country, here in Kenya, there's a big problem with masturbation and pornography as far as women are concerned, okay? Of course, men struggle with it more, the statistics show, but women struggle. I'll tell you, in my ministry, my wife and I often write to, uh, when we never write our blogs, most of the people who contact us saying we are struggling with porn and masturbation are women. I'm not saying that 
they are necessarily the most in the country. That's not uh, empirically true. The men are the most. But there are many women who do that. And so women need to be allowed that it's not a guy's problem. It's not a guy's problem. It's a heart problem. And does not respect your gender. It's sin. Yeah. 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 Any other question? Yes. Yes. Oh, good question. So can we watch porn to enjoy our marriage? A question like that? Yeah, we've, we get asked that a lot. I'll tell you this. Pornography destroys you as an individual. Okay? It will not do any different if you watch it as a couple. <laughs> it, it, will, it will still have the same effect. It will not say, oh, couple watching change, 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 change. No, it won't. And uh, couples who watch porn end up having sexual problems in their marriage. Especially the men. Why? Because porn offers um, unrealistic pictures of women. The women are super attractive. It's, I'll tell you, those women sit for hours doing makeup before they go on set. So they, they don't look like that. And porn gives this to the men, and the men tells you, this is what a woman looks like. You compare that to your wife, and you get dissatisfied. Yeah. And men have been proven to have erectile dysfunction problems because of pornography. And so you start as a couple, you actually introduce a problem, more so to the man, but it could also be a problem to the woman. Okay? So do away with it. I'll tell you this, guys. God has given you the gift of marriage, and it's still death due part. There's so much to enjoy, to explore. You don't need porn for that. He's given you a creative mind. You, you can do so much. You know... Sorry, is that right to say off the pulpit? Okay, so there's the pulpit. So, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So, no, 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 no. Yes. Any two more questions, perhaps? Yes, ask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you this. Um, you go to Google, you'll find everything. Not anything, everything. <laughs> um, and, by, and by this I'm saying there's a lot of false content out there that is being pushed by some really um, weird organizations that is not true. I'll tell you this. Go look for an organization. It's a men's organization called nofap.com. N-O-F-A-P nofap.com. These are men who have no religious bearing, who are not Jews, Muslims, Christians. These are just secular dudes who have actually done their research and they show it there on their websites that this porn thing is actually harmful. Some of the physical uh, deformities, some of the physical uh, effects, well, one, there's the uh, erectile dysfunction. Two, there's delayed ejaculation. Uh, there's there's um, lack of delayed ejaculation in, in, in marriage when you are having sexual intercourse. The third one is that there's a very rare disease. You know those kind of diseases that are found that only 20,000 people in the world get? There's a, yeah. There's, there are some rare diseases that affect the scrotum area when you masturbate. How, how do they affect? Because when you masturbate, you are taking dirt from the outside Okay? And if you masturbate and it gets into your urinary tract okay, and goes into your scrotum area, some of those germs can actually start causing the scrotum to peel off. Okay? It's not common, but it happens to some men. Okay? So um, those are just some of them. But I'll tell you this, as a believer, don't be just so concerned about the physical repercussions. Joseph was confronted by Potiphar's wife in Genesis 39, and in verse 10, he gives a very fantastic response. He says, how can I do this thing and sin against God? He could have easily said, how can I do this thing and get HIV AIDS? Or, how can I do this thing and get you pregnant? The physical repercussions are of no motivation to a person when the fear of God is out of the picture. The fear of God must be dominant and above any physical repercussions that you'll ever experience. Your separation from the presence of God must break you, fall you to your knees for you to actually see that this thing is actually bad. And I'll tell you this finally, when God gives us his standard on sexuality, don't test it, trust it. Trust it. Many times we test it thinking 
oh, this is a Gideon situation. Let me put the fleece. No, it is not a Gideon situation. This is a situation that the Lord has clearly spoken in scripture. Okay? Um, I'm sure there may be many more others um, I'm not, um, I may not be too conversant with, so, but do your research um, and you can also confirm if what I'm saying is true. Yeah. One more? Yes. Good question, good question. Um, the Swahili people say, Dawa ya moto, ni moto. Um, the, 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 the overwhelming desire to sin with your body must not merely be met by a list of rules and regulations. It must be met by an equally and opposite powerful fire for God. Otherwise, you will not last. Perhaps let me just take two minutes to share the gospel for, it to be, for this to be clear. Okay? Um, I failed physics in high school, okay? And uh, I was bad at physics, and I've shared this story before for you to understand. Um, I was so bad in physics, and apparently I entered exam, I scored 20%. <laughs> um, and I consoled myself because school when I'm so 8%. The next exam, I scored another 20% because consistency is key, Cindy. And uh, <laughs> I failed. It was bad. Um, I was convinced that the only person who could pass that exam was the teacher who said it, okay? His name was Mr. Manza. He was so mad at me. He saw my second 20% paper, and he said the heaviest Kamba accent I know. Heavy, heavy. Kinjana, how can you get a pound? He said, he said, how can you get a pound? Sasa muzazi ameuza ngombe kusomeshe ingine. Sasa ikichwa yako kazi yake ni kubeba tu meno, you know, you know? What am I getting at? He kept saying that honest, I, I felt so dumb. And I, I couldn't understand because I was good in physics and math and I couldn't pass chemistry. And I thought only Mr. Manza can pass this exam. Now listen, there's an exam called life. You and I are sitting, okay? This exam called life, none of us can pass the exam. You know what? We lie, we steal, we cheat, we fall short of God's glory, we look with lust, we, we, we are utterly hopeless. If our exam of life was to be marked, the best of us could score a pound. Okay? Now this is the thing that God himself knows that that is the reality of the matter and you know what we deserve for our pound? We deserve eternal death. Jesus Christ came down on earth, sat the same exam called life. From the moment he was born to the day he died, he never lied, never sinned, never stole, never looked at someone at last, never did any of the things you and I have ever done or will ever do or ever thought of doing. He lived a perfect pure life. He scored 100% in his paper. And before Jesus Christ handed over his paper, he took your paper. Now he took his paper where he had scored 100%, he rubbed his name and he wrote your name. He took the 20% paper, he rubbed your name and he wrote his name. He presented both papers to God the Father. The Father sees the first one, 100%. Wow, well done, good and faithful servant. You deserve to be praised, elevated. Whose name does he see there? Yours. He sees the 20%. Whoa, you deserve to be beaten, thrashed, killed, crucified. Whose name does he see there? Jesus's. And there's a switch. There's a divine exchange. The blessings and the benefits of Jesus Christ for his life and his exam are handed over to you. The punishment and the wrath that you and I deserve for failing an exam is handed over to Jesus. He was beaten, whipped, thrashed. His bones were showing. He lost so much blood. We made fun of him. 39 times the Romans had this weapon that was half a foot long with leather strands, metal bolts, sharp hooks at the end, hit him constantly. Constantly, his flesh fell off. He screamed in pain. They hung him on a cross, pierced his hands, pierced his feet with Roman nails six inches long, twisted a crown of thorns on his head. He was fully naked in front of his own mother, his private parts showing, shamed, utterly wretched, hanging on that cross, taking your pound, taking my pound. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know that this is their pound. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. If that does not motivate you to honor the Lord, nothing will. If the cross does not motivate you to live a sexually pure life, no amount of statistics, 
no amount of threats from your pastor, from your leaders, nothing will do. Dawa ya moto ni moto. In order to overcome an overwhelming urge, an overwhelming addiction, you must see the cross of Jesus for you. You must see your pound on that cross and you must see you receiving his glorious 100% and you must actually say, woe is me, wretched I am, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that would save a wretch like me. That is the kind of grace that turns prostitutes into saints, that turns sinners into holy men. That is the only motivation that can push you even when you're addicted and you feel like I am so addicted, I want to masturbate. The grace of Jesus Christ, it sounds too spiry. It is the truth. It is the truth. It is the truth, guys. And so even in light of that, let's just go before the Lord and pray. Go before the Lord and pray. Just say, the Lord, Lord, come help me. If you're feeling that you're too overwhelmed to pray, just come to the front and pray with you. Or if you want to get born again, please come to the front.